Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New York Giants. This is the Giants Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Giants Wire editor, Dan Benton. Well, Dan, how are you feeling about your football team after this kind of demoralizing 27-13 loss to the Ravens? Weren't very competitive in this game. A lot of stats, the just art in the Giants' favor, and it's hard to feel great about them going into Week 17, but obviously they're still not done, right? They're still playing a meaningful football game in Week 17, a very realistic path still to the number four seed despite only having five wins. I never in my life would have imagined that. When we mapped this thing out, I thought you'd have to have seven wins at least to get in. No, it could be six. It could easily be six, and it could be the Giants, could be the Cowboys, but how are you feeling about your football team right now? There's a lot going on. There's a lot to process. <laughs> there's a lot to look th- at. We almost need therapy right. at this point. Yeah, there's a, there's just so much going on. It's almost hard to pin down a single thought at this point. If we're looking at the Ravens specifically, I mean, that game kind of went in, in much the same way we anticipated it going. If anything, I guess, you could credit the Giants for playing better in the second half and actually keeping it closer than many of us anticipated. Sure. I think my takeaways from that game, you know, Sterling Shepard said it best, this team just is not starting fast enough. And that's that's like the understatement of the entire year because what are they, they've scored three or fewer points in four straight games, which is the first time that that's happened with this team in at least 40 years. So you're talking about four-decade-level futility, which is just, listen, you're not going to win anything at that point. So the Giants are going to have to clean that up immediately. I think the other takeaway from the game is that the Giants and Patrick Graham in particular, they, they seem to adjust what they do on defense to such a drastic degree when they face a mobile quarterback that, you know, we've seen this three times in a row now and it's clearly not working. And as much praise as we've heaped on Graham this year, deservedly, um, his game plans in each of the last three games are incredibly flawed. Uh, they didn't get away from it quick enough. They didn't really seem to get away from it at all. And uh, Lamar Jackson and, and the Ravens run run uh, run offense just demolished them to, to the tune of almost 250 yards, which for a team that's as good against the run as the Giants are, that's just embarrassing. And I think the final takeaway from that game is, is despite being hampered, I think more than any other game this season and potentially even some of the games last season, we saw a big leap from Daniel Jones. Um, if you really were paying attention to the game itself and the pressure he was taking and the way he was, you know, finally showing some level of pocket presence, going through his reads properly, making some impressive throws, some on the run. Um, He obviously is still hampered a little bit by his injuries and kind of had to fit the mold of a pocket passer a little bit more than he's used to. Uh, But I thought he played particularly well given the circumstances. And I know that's sort of overshadowed by the embarrassing loss, but you know me, I'm kind of a glass half full guy. And, uh, you know, there was some stuff I like to see. That. Well, that's why I like you, Dan, you know. But, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> the Ravens are, they probably have the hottest defense in football right now. They're just on fire. And 
you know they're going to run the ball and they right. still run it down your throat. They're just mm-hmm. they're just a tough matchup. We knew it. We talked about it last week. This is going to be a really hard one, and I don't think anybody saw the Giants winning this ball game. But there's still if, hey, if we want to keep looking at the glass half full like we've been doing ever since they were one and seven, Dan. The Giants are a simple parlay away from the number four seed, right? A Giants Eagles parlay. I, I typed it into my app. It's a the odds are plus three sixty one. What that means is a fifty dollar bet would pay back two hundred and thirty dollars and twenty eight cents. Not bad for a fifty dollar bet, Dan. So, what do you think? Are you taking this parlay? Can the Giants beat the Cowboys and the Eagles beat the Washington Football Team? Crazier things have happened this year. There's no doubt about it. This this is one that could happen. Right, and I and I said it to you know I said it yesterday, and I've said it a few times now that um, in articles and, and just in private conversations that of all the scenarios that we've gone through over the last month. This is probably the most plausible scenario that falls in the Giants' favor. And that's just <laughs> the, the, the craziest thing to, to come out of my mouth. But it's the truth because, one, the Giants actually match up particularly well with the Cowboys, given the way that the Cowboys play football. They don't have to worry about Andy Dalton running around so Patrick Graham can get back to the defense that was working. They could focus on stopping Ezekiel Elliott. And then they can just, you know, try to make the wide receivers beat them. And listen, the wide, those, that trio of wide receivers is certainly capable of beating anybody. But we've seen the Giants do it this year where, and you've heard me say it before, where you'll put James Bradbury on number two, whichever one you deem to be number two, shut them down. You put cornerback two, whoever it is that the Giants, you know, are going to put out there. And then you put a safety over top. You've got three safeties now, too. So that also plays into the Giants' favor. And you've got Darnay Holmes, who did dress last week but didn't play, but should play this week. And then he covers up the slot. So the Giants actually defensively match up pretty well with the Cowboys. Uh, The key is going to be offensively what the Giants do. They, They can't score three or fewer in the first half. That's you know, that's an obvious fact. And beyond that, they're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to get back to that. And Daniel Jones is going to have to leave the pocket. And that's just all there is to it. But it is a plausible scenario to see the Giants win that game. And then when you look at what's going on in Washington, you have no idea who the quarterback's going to be. you got Jalen Hurts, who's coming off two bad games, who's going to want to close out the season, not just as a spoiler, but playing well and hopefully securing that uh, starting role for him in the following season. So he's going to have all the motivation in the world to go out there and play a great game. And he's going to neutralize Chase Young with his legs. And that's going to be the matchup to watch in that game because if they can keep Chase Young from taking things over defensively, the Eagles have a very realistic chance to win that game. Yeah, I kind of like Philly in that game. No matter what, Dan, history is going to be made. Yep. On, on Sunday of week 17 here in this NFL season. If the Giants do, you know, hit this parlay and get in, uh, they'll win the division for the first time since 2011. But, I mean, they become the first 6-10 and 10 playoff team and the first team to start 0-5 and, and make the playoffs in NFL history. So this, there's this ridiculous stats, and get ready for it, because if they make the playoffs, this is what we're going to be hearing about. And that's actually one of my big questions coming into this show. Do you want it? Giants fans, do you want this? Do you want to be the first 6-10 playoff team? Do you want to be that team that makes the playoffs and hears people giving you crap all week next week because that's what it's going to be? Let's talk about that on the other side. I, want to really, I really want to know, do you want the better draft pick or do you want the home playoff game? Dan and I will tackle that question coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. 
Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays for week 17 of the fantasy football season. This week, I'm not crazy about any of the quarterback plays. I usually recommend fringe options rather than the obvious, and none of the guys jump out as somebody I'm really willing to get behind. So instead, you'll get a two-pack of wide receivers this week. Green Bay Packers running back A.J. Dillon at the Chicago Bears. May seem like a no-brainer after he ripped off 124 yards and two scores in week 16, but the Boston College rookie could have a bigger workload again this week. Running back Jamal Williams had a quadriceps injury, and he was out last week. And it really doesn't make a lot of sense to rush him, especially if they want him back for the playoff push. The big body Dylan is an ideal asset in cold weather in late season football. And starting running back Aaron Jones is banged up as well. Chicago has given up four rushing touchdowns in the last five games. Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Zach Pascal. In consecutive games, Pascal has had at least 64 yards and one or more touchdowns. He has six targets apiece in those games. The resurgence of wide receiver T.Y. Hilton has helped tremendously. Something else that will help? Facing the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's more or less a modern miracle that the Chicago Bears didn't find the end zone last week. In the prior six games, wide receivers have scored nine times through the air and nine different times a wide receiver has produced at least 15.8 PPR points in that window. Washington football team wide receiver Terry McLaurin is looking unlikely to play again, which would thrust wide receiver Cam Sims into a prominent role. With all the chips at stake, it's hard to imagine Riverboat Ron Rivera wouldn't gamble on seeing what he has in Alex Smith even if he's less than 100%, considering Taylor Heineke is the only other option. Philadelphia has been atrocious against wide receivers in 2020, and the position has racked up five performance of at least 121 yards in the last six outing. Nine touchdowns later, Philadelphia gives Sims a favorable opponent for utilizing his six foot five frame. Kansas City Chiefs tight end Nick Kaiser against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chiefs are going to rest all of their prominent starters, which means tight end Travis Kelsey won't play much, if at all. That leaves Kaiser to exploit a tremendous matchup. Five players have at least 11.2 PPR points in the last nine games against the Chargers, and six of the ten touchdowns allowed have come in the past nine games. For more award-winning content from TheHuddle.com, be sure to check out the website throughout the offseason as we get you prepared for Fantasy Football 2021. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Dan, if the season ended today, the Giants will pick number eight in the 2021 draft. So that's a little top ten pick, and there's plenty of issues on this roster, and I'm sure we could get into that here as well. We could get into Gettleman and all the, all the issues the Giants have. But if you make the playoffs... That thing vaults up to, like, number 19 or number 20. Yeah. If you end up being the first team out with the worst record, you'll end up picking number 19. So number 8, top 10, all the way up to number 19 is a huge jump. And like I said before the break, I'm just trying to figure out what's better for this team. Is it a top 10 draft pick or is it the experience of getting the guys out there and having a playoff game, even if you're going to be at home underdog, even if you're going to hear about it all week, the team, the fans are going to hear about being that 6-10 and 10 player. Everyone's going to be making fun of you, Dan. Do you want that as a Giants fan? What do you think about that? I mean, it's, oh boy, you know, it's it's a tough, it's a tough one. It really is a tough choice, especially when you consider if the Giants do lose on Sunday and then a couple other teams win, they can actually pick as high as number three. It's crazy. And they can drop as low as number 19, which is, you know, I've been doing this for 15, 16 years. I don't think I've ever seen a scenario like that before, ever. And I know we just talked about it. You know, this would be historic. They'd be the first ever six-win team to make the playoff. And I guess here's the way that I look at it. 
one, you're right. They could use the higher draft pick. They could get a, a quality day one starter, which is something they desperately needed in a number of different positions. At the same time, however, the way I look at it is, one, you never play to lose the game. I know there's all this talk every year of whatever losing team there is, tank, tank, tank. I think Miami last year, the Jets this year, they're good examples of teams in the NFL refusing to tank. They just don't. Players will not tank. They just No one that's an, an athletic person at any sport, at any level, will go out there and be like, yeah, let's lose. I think that's actually harder to do than to play the game to win in and of itself. It's just hard to cave when that's just not who an athlete or a coach is. Beyond that, the way I look at it is this. If you're sitting at a poker table and you get a crap hand, you still got to play your crap hand. In this case, it just so happens that the other players at the poker table got equally crappy hands. <laughs> yes. So you go out there and you, you go to win the pot, and that's just the way you do it. And I think that benefit will would benefit the Giants more in the long run because, one, we have to remember that this is still a first-time head coach with a brand-new staff, a brand-new system. They didn't have an offseason. They didn't have OTAs. They didn't have a preseason. The more experience this team can get, the better it is for them. They need the experience in the system. They need the experience on the field. And let's be honest, if they get a little playoff experience, they play the games they have to win as opposed to wanting to win. I think that goes a long way, too, especially with everything that Joe Judge preaches on a, on a daily basis. So the way I look at it is this. You go out there on Sunday. You control your business. You play your hand to the best of your ability. And then if you win, you just take whatever happens, you benefit from the experience, and you adjust on the fly because that's really all you can do. Uh, I know a lot of fans are going to disagree and say, they, you know, we should have this you know, high draft pick. The irony, of course, being that so many of them want the Giants to draft a quarterback <laughs> with one of those high picks, which isn't going to happen anyway. So you know, the way I look at it is just go out there, win, you get your experience, you play as much as you can, you do the best you can with the hand that you've been dealt. Uh, because that's just the nature of the game, and that's the nature of life. So go out there, handle your business, do what you can, let the chips fall where they may. That's a, that's a pretty good little analogy there. I think you I think you should you should write about that one. That should, that could be a Giants Wire article right there. That's good. It stuff. is actually. We, oh, we, for, as a matter of fact, I haven't seen that it yet. Scheduled, that will go up on Wednesday. So the okay. day before this podcast. All right, cool. I'll be looking for that one. Look for that one on Giants. That's <laughs> that's some good stuff. It's almost like Dan rehearsed that. That was so good. Uh, yeah, and and I love a good uh, poker analogy because uh, I, I I've been known to sit at a table like a degenerate. Um, that's, hey, man, I'm not like I. You guys know I'm not much of a gambler, but I will I will play Texas Hold'em. They'll play a little bit. Of cards yeah no doubt about it yep. yeah maybe someday dan maybe someday i can get at the table <laughs> with you you never know you don't live that far away um yeah no i like that what team can bluff and pretend they're a good playoff team uh, the best is it gonna be the giants <laughs> the cowboys or washington uh yeah so i agree with I, I like a lot of what you just said i think you know obviously the giants are in the cowboys too i think and i want to talk about this a little bit later the cowboys have been talking about winning the division for weeks they're they're going for it hard i think the giants are going to go for it as well even though they downplayed the playoffs a little bit that's just Joe Judge doing the one week at a time thing. The Giants are playing to win. My question was really like, as a fan, what are you rooting for? Because we've been going over this for the past couple weeks. Like, Gettleman's failures have been glaring, right? I mean, you look at this offseason. He didn't bring in a wide receiver. It would have been nice if he kind of brought it. Like, look at the Raiders. They brought in Nelson Aguilar, right? And that guy ends up changing their offense. Something right. simple like that. Just like a veteran wide receiver. They didn't make any additions to the wide receiver. They didn't add an edge rusher. So if you have a top 10 draft pick, you could 
you know, even if you don't go quarterback, if you're sticking with Daniel Jones, which I think they should, you could draft a game-changing edge rusher to add to that defense. You could well, draft, a, you could go for another offensive lineman. Though I don't know if I trust Gettleman right. to do that, but go ahead. Right, but you're but you're absolutely right, and I think that we can use this situation and last year is a perfect example of what you're saying because the Giants went into that game late in the season against Washington last year, dubbed the Chase Young Bowl. Now the Giants won that game. Washington went on the draft Chase Young, and now look at the scenario. He's one of the best edge rushers in football and exactly what the Giants need to make their defense go from great to completely elite. And, yeah, so they did did miss the ball in there, and I think that's the argument that he had is do you win the game – like you, you did against Washington and then suffer the consequences of that, or do you win the game and, you know, try, you know, try and move on and get that experience. And yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's tough to balance that out. I think the difference here is that there's the potential for playoffs on the, on the line. Whereas last year in Washington, that wasn't the case. Well, let's talk about what Vegas thinks about Cowboys giants. We talked a little bit about the parlay, but this parlay doesn't exist unless the Giants get a win. They're part of the parlay, Dan. They got to win. They got to they got to win, and they need some help. So let's get into this specific matchup with the Cowboys. I think it's going to be a fun one. Let's talk about that coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of SportsBookWire.com and Bet Flippin' Podcast, joined as always by Jeff Clark, here to break down everything you need to know to bet on the Week 17 Sunday Night Football game between the Washington football team and Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are one-and-a-half-point home underdogs. They're eliminated from the playoffs. Washington come in one-and-a-half-point favorite. They're looking for a win to secure an NFC East title and a playoff berth. But Jeff, I got to go with the Eagles. I like what we've seen from J1 Hurts. We got quarterback issues in Washington, a lot of other issues as well. J1 Hurts can improve that Eagles team from that loss they took against Washington week one. Yeah, as much as I like to disagree with you, I can here. I'm also on the Eagles plus one and a half. Their team's trending up despite a disappointing 2020 season. Now they turn the keys of the offense over to Jalen Hurts. And you know what they say, misery likes company. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles have been miserable for most this year since being eliminated from playoff contention. Now they get the end Washington season. I think that's motivation enough for them to come and rain on Washington's possible parade on Sunday night football. So give me the Eagles plus one and a half. You can get Philadelphia plus 100 on the money line as well for a little better value. Go ahead and parlay that with the under 42 and a half minus 105 odds there. So be a low scoring game won by the Eagles. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I mentioned this earlier, Dan. The Cowboys have been talking about still being in the division race despite you know the crap hand they've been dealt all year with the Prescott injury and their defense being able to stop uh, nothing all year. Their defense has been freaking terrible. You know, they've been kind of in the same boat as the Giants, kind of struggling, staying with the fight, sticking with it, not quite out of the division race. They're down, but they're not out, and here they are. 
They've been talking about it. You got Ezekiel Elliott. He's certainly playing hurt. When they've only won five games, you think a guy like Ezekiel Elliott might sit out. Tony Pollard's actually played well when they've given him the ball and given him touches. But no, Zeke's kind of battling out through injuries. You've got a good little – you've got some good players over there. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. This Michael is, Gallup. Michael Gallup. rated players Seriously, in the, in yeah. The league. And I wasn't even going to mention him. And there he is. Yeah, yeah he, just, he just keeps scoring touchdowns, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team – that's put up 30 points in three straight games, whereas Giants fans are celebrating any time they can get a touchdown. Any touchdown at all, we're <laughs> celebrating, right, the Giants. So, and the Cowboys have been scoring points. So when you look at the line, the Giants, two-and-a-half-point home underdogs. The line's actually been moving in the Cowboys' favor more and more as the days go on. So the Giants are underdogs at home to this Cowboys team, and I think that's legit. I think they're. I think this is. I know you kind of like the matchup, but for me, it's like you got to score points against the Cowboys, and I don't know right now if I can trust the Giants to score points. So it's going to come down. Can they score in the high twenties, Dan? That's what it's going to take. What do you think about well, this matchup specifically, though? Yeah, I mean, listen. You know, the Cowboys have certainly on the offensive side of the ball, as you said, they've been lighting some teams up, some lesser defenses. Teams, you know, and I know, I know that right now after these last three games, people are kind of down on the Giants' defense a little bit, questioning whether or not you know they're as good as we thought they were. And I think that's a fair question. But on the other hand, like I said, it's it's been a different game plan for the last three weeks, and I think what we're going to see on Sunday is more like the week one through week 13 defense, as opposed to week 14 through week 16 defense. Now that's only one side of it. The other question is, can the giants score enough points to actually win the game considering they have not scored 20 or more points. in I don't know since what, since week, <laughs> week 10, something it like that. It seemed like a wild end. <laughs> right. But here's the thing that, that I think even Vegas may be losing sight of is that these giants for as bad as the offense has been, put up 34 points on this Dallas defense when they were actually healthier earlier in the season yep. than they are right now. 37-34 was the final, right? So, right. so it, can, can the they Giants do that again? score enough points? I do believe that the opportunity is there, but there's going to be some key matchups that are going to lead to either success or failure. And I think chief among those is going to be like Andrew Thomas versus Demarcus Lawrence, who is playing so much better of late than he had at any other point in this season. But beyond that, I think what the Giants also have to do is they're going to have to win at the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to play tough physical football. They're going to beat up the Cowboys at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and particularly on the offensive side of the ball, because if you don't get Wayne Gallman going in this game, you are not going to win it. But you should be able to because the Cowboys defense could I could run for 100 yards <laughs> on this defense. I'd give it to you Dan. Yeah, the, you'd be so, hard to, you'd be hard to tackle. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> so that's going to be the key right there. It, can Andrew Thomas win those one-on-one matches? Can Daniel Jones prevent and not turn over the football and can you get Wayne Gallman going because you're not only going to need to pick up the yards on the ground, you're going to need to score the touchdowns once you're in the uh, red zone. And beyond that, the other thing that the Giants have gotten away from them in, in recent weeks is a complete inability to control the clock. And if you continue to give Andy Dalton, Ezekiel Elliott, and that trio of wide receivers plays after plays after plays and series after series after series, they are going to score on you no matter how good your defense is. So the Giants absolutely have to focus on running the ball and controlling the clock. We've talked off the air a lot, Dan, about you taking your five-mile hikes in the morning, even when it's freezing freaking cold out. So, yeah, I think you could handle 30 carries in this game. You wouldn't get tired. You'd be fine. 
You'd be fine. I, I, man, I, I miss it. I'll tell you what. I there <laughs> if I took one hit, though, I'd be out for the season. Any any type of contact, I'd be out for the year. That's that's kind of how I'm built. So I think uh, that's the other thing. We're, we're going to see a whole lot of contact in this game because there are 106 guys that are going to be out there on that field. Well, you know what I mean, minus the inactors. Uh-huh. But you get what I'm saying. There's going to be 100 guys on that field that are going to be given literally everything they've got in the tank. So may the best team win. And we've been talking about it. I mean, look, there's a lot to nitpick about the Giants. They're an imperfect football team in a lot of ways. But yeah. this is the first time since what, like 2012, that they're playing a meaningful game in Week 17, Two, something like that? It's 2006. They, they did make the playoffs remarkably. Uh, but and and that was very similar to this, ironically, not necessarily uh, from a record standpoint. But they made the playoffs in 2006 on their defense alone because their offense was every bit as bad as it is this year. So yeah, and and I like what you said too about the game. I think third down's the key on defense. You gotta you gotta get off the field on third down. You can't let you can't let Andy Dalton and that offense get rolling because they got some good playmakers. There's no doubt yeah. about it. And then the Giants, like you said, they have to they have to sustain drives. They can't have three plays in the first quarter. Dan they can't no. have that you know what I mean they gotta they gotta turn out yards turn out and they gotta score and, that, and that's what it comes down to can Daniel Jones score like you said can they get the run game going I think that'll help him you know if he's if he's just sitting back and dropping back and throwing even Dallas could give him problems so right um right. but yeah I think for me it's like we, we've been kind of I don't want to say making fun but we've been kind of latching on to this NFC East playoff race all year long Dan because that's all we had right we were just we were grasping onto this and here we are week 17 and the NFC East playoff race is taking center stage. Now, I know the number one seed in the NFC is still up in the air, so we'll be watching the Saints and the Packers and, and Seattle and see what happens there. But really, the big story is the NFC East playoffs, right? They flexed Washington, Philly to Sunday night. I don't think right. there's always a Sunday night game in Week 17, but they I, they want right. it. I, yeah, 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 right. When they did that, I'm like, wait a second. I don't even think there was a Sunday night game originally scheduled. So yeah, that actually is. I, you're right because I did. I found that pretty interesting as well. Yeah, and, and it is. <laughs> it's a little strange. Like you would think that the uh, the Giants and Cowboys game would be in a 4:30 window Eastern window right. if they're going to flex that game to Sunday night. But no, they really want to build that drama. So I'm here for it, man. I'm, I've been I've been following this nfc east storyline i'm not i'm not here on twitter poking fun at it i'm actually here for it i want to see what happens and it could be any three of these teams man it really could it, it really could be cowboys could giants be. washington i don't know which one it's going to be right. probably the odds yeah. on favorites washington but yeah we'll see i could easily see the giants beat a playoff team and well, us being me, back on here you. next week yeah right yeah imagine God, imagine that That'd be, it's so weird but <laughs> let me talk about right now right i will tell you this if washington or new york get into the playoffs whoever it is they face better not take them lightly. And that's not a knock on the Cowboys. It's just the reality is that Washington and New York have substantially better defenses than Dallas does. And, you know, you've heard the saying, if you've been around the game for any period of time, no matter how many things change offensively in the game of football, at the end of the day, defenses still win championships. And I'm not saying that either of these teams are going to go in and win the Super Bowl with a six or seven win, you know, six or seven wins. But I will tell you, if they go into the playoffs with these defenses and they're underestimated or overlooked at all, they're going to pull off an upset against somebody. I agree. They have that potential. So who wants to play Tampa Bay? Who wants to play Tampa Bay next week? Is it going to be the Giants? Either way, Dan, we'll be back next week to see what to either wrap up the season or continue on through or the playoffs. I'm looking forward it. to it, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll see what boy, happens. Oh, I'm looking boy. forward to it. But in the meantime, 
Dan, happy new year to you. All right, my man. You too. And to everybody listening, appreciate you guys this year. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.